0: i had to do an extra long one there we are back this is the shutdown inning podcast we uh, have not been on uh for a little bit but we are back uh here in uh, the middle to end of april steven risotto here along with tyler hall as always tyler what's going
1: on hey hey everybody uh just doing pretty good yeah i had a little bit of a break had to make a, a trip down to texas for some family stuff and then uh Steven turned the big 21 over the weekend. So we had to take a break for that. How how'd you celebrate, man? How'd it go? Yeah, please hold your applause. Um, yeah, no, 21.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't say I feel any different, but I will say I went to the Giants game. I didn't cover the game. I went to the Giants game as a fan with a few buddies of mine. And um we were walking behind the center field scoreboard. And as you know, there are some drink options behind the center field scoreboard. Uh, and yes, I, are. I looked and I was like, you know what? The, the canned margarita sounds good. So that's when I, I asked for the canned margarita. And when the guy asked for my ID, I said, oh, okay, yeah, here it is. <laughs> I was like, it was such a proud moment.
1: So, uh, um, so that was your first purchase drink, the canned margarita at Oracle Park,
0: first purchase drink, canned margarita,
1: at Oracle Park,
0: good stuff. And then, uh, the giants ended up winning that game um and then afterwards went to dinner with uh with a few uh friends and then uh shout out to bj's restaurant uh and then got a few more drinks there so i I wasn't like totally destroyed do you do you remember the whole day i do i remember every Ah, bit of it that's a
1: that's disappointing yeah it probably not not my style maybe every once in a while but uh We'll get you up to Sacramento with some of the Giants chatter, guys, and we'll make sure you have a time you never remember. It'll be awesome. We know they're listening, for sure. (laughs) But (laughs) Um, but yeah, happy birthday, man. Glad you enjoyed it. You know, spending it at a ballpark is a a good way to go.
0: Yeah. And then I was there the next day, too, taking in Sunday Night Baseball, covered that game, and
1: um, the Giants split a series. I know there's some Giants people listening, so shout out to them. Yeah. You know, winning two in a row, they're on fire right now. So yeah.
0: And speaking of teams that are on fire, I mean, we did not predict a whole lot out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
1: No, I mean, yeah, who would have thought? I think they're still in first place by like half a game. I think it is over the Brewers. Uh, you know, we're recording this Monday afternoon. Uh, so, you know, some games to be played. So depending on when when this is listened to, but as of our recording I'm talking about the first place Pittsburgh Pirates on april twenty fourth. I know I didn't think that was going to happen
0: i I can't say I did either, but everything's kind of going right for them. And the thing that I've been impressed most with has been how good their pitching has been because they've gotten some great production out of, you know, Mitch Keller, who's just been really good for them. Um, you know, Rich Hills there and Vince Velasquez and uh, a few other young guys, and their bullpen has been exceptional. I mean, I don't know where this came from, but you know, I, I think the story with the off for Pittsburgh was the whole Brian Reynolds saga. And now, like yeah. you know, is there is there some anticipation on like a Brian Reynolds extension? I mean, I, I feel like it's it would be fair to speculate. Yeah. I mean, they got guys on this team that are just coming through, like Connor Joe. Andrew McCutcheon is hitting really well. Yeah, Kutch, is, Kutch has four bombs already, you know? So. Yeah. It, pretty good start. I mean, again, you can't win a championship in April,
1: but you could lose one, and the Pirates sure as hell aren't losing one. How old is Andrew McCutcheon again? Four home runs, three stolen bases, hitting two seventy-five with a three eighty-one on base percentage. I mean, talk about a, a little bit of a return to form there. I think Jack Sawinski's having a decent year so far. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, obviously there's a, what, about 135, 140 games left, but, you know, would you rather start out hot or cold? The answer's hot, and so the Pirates are making it happen right now over in Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah, I, it still feels like the season just started, so it's hard to believe that, you know, over 20 games have been played. Yeah. Um, but it is good to see it. And I and back to McCutcheon real quick, everybody's kind of treating this like this farewell season. But I don't think it's that at all. I think that guy could
1: play for a little longer. So Yeah, he could definitely play for at least a couple more years. I think people just thought, like, oh, he's just on paper, like, looking at it, like, okay, McCutcheon, he's going home to get, like, one last season in. But, I mean, he hasn't been – it's not like he's completely fallen off, you know, in previous years. And, you know, he's shown that he's still got it – got plenty in the tank. He's only – 36 he will be 37 after the season you know we see how all the extensions this offseason taking guys to their age 40 41 42 year so kutch could stick around for a while maybe him and uh, reynolds can anchor the outfield for another two or three years maybe that would be interesting to see but um i mean
0: i guess if you were to point to one thing it would be like the middle of the pack offense that they have but if you look at the division as a whole like the cubs are playing really well too uh, and yeah. like the Cubs, you know, as we're recording this third, 12 and nine, and they had some acquisitions come into and the Brewers have been playing well and the Cardinals have been, you know, off to a little bit of a slow start. So, I mean, it is interesting to see some of the
1: unorthodox teams. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think over. we both, you know, preseason picked the Cardinals to win the division and they're definitely floundering a little bit right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you never know. We could end up with uh, some interesting playoff uh, playoff teams that not many people expected. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think it will eventually even
0: out for Pittsburgh, um, but it's fun. It, it, stuff like this is fun. Like the the Rays, we talked about them a ton last episode. They're nineteen and three. Have they even lost at home? Like I don't think they know how to do that.
1: So yeah, yeah they're thirteen and zero at home still. So you know. All right. Maybe maybe they love the Trop. You know, everyone talks about how terrible it is to go to a game at the Trop, but the the Rays are all about it. So incredible, absolutely, yeah, it's incredible
0: uh, what the Rays are doing. And you know, I think they've homered in every game at this point, uh, and they just got guys pitching. Like their pitching yeah. staff is just full of guys. So had to shout out the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're doing an unbelievable job. Um, now, one thing that has been kind of the talk of baseball. Has been the uh, the sticky stuff. It's you know it a few years ago they was introduced how they were going to crack down on on sticky stuff on pitchers' hands and we kind of forgot about it a little bit last year and this year very early on Max Scherzer is a name that was caught with a, supposedly something sticky. He was ejected from the game after umpires checked his hand. They found something sticky. He was thrown out later, suspended for 10 games. He wasn't going to appeal because he said that uh it was not worth appealing and MLB wouldn't do anything anyways. So that's what, essentially two missed starts for Scherzer. Uh yeah. but I mean, what did, what did you think when you saw this? Because he's claiming it was Rosen.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially if you like I, I at first I was pretty surprised because you know Scherzer is been around for a long time. He knows what's going on, and, and he's also pretty high up with the players union. And he's also been pretty vocal against some of the changes that have happened and how he hasn't really been for a lot of them. So at first I was like, okay, like, I'm sure he's not really high on major league baseball's uh, you know, list of, of players they, they love right now. And, and if you, did you listen to his post-game interview? It sounds like, you know, he knew he was going to get inspected that inning because earlier in the game, There was a little bit of buildup on his hands from using rosin. The rosin in his sweats had built – had a little bit of buildup. They told him to clean his hand, and one of the only ways to successfully clean that off without making your hands all clammy is using alcohol. And he said that someone from Major League Baseball went with – like observed him washing his hands with the alcohol. Next inning gets inspected and throws him out of the game, but it's like a known – at least – I didn't know before this, but apparently within you know the the ranks, of, you know in Major League Baseball, it's known that you know alcohol is the only w- one of the best ways to clean it off. But it also, for at least a little bit, it makes your hand extremely sticky. So it's like okay, they kind of set him up to fail here. If they told him go clean this stuff off, use alcohol, they watched him use it, and then you throw him out for using it. Uh, yeah, what is that know, league
0: just... official doing? Like, what isn't that isn't that league official watching him try and wash this off?
1: watching him use the alcohol, like monitoring this whole thing, and it just it just lets it happen. Yeah. Like what are we doing if you're gonna have the league oversee something and then you're st- the guy follows the instructions you get you tell him to follow and then you still throw him out for doing what you asked him to. That just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And
0: and at the you know, at the same time, I believe Scherzer. Like a hundred like there there's certain times where like guys gain credibility and he's been a big voice in the players union. I don't think he would lie about something. I don't think that he would have any motivation to lie about anything. I mean, he's a guy that I feel, you know, was using the sticky stuff along with everybody else. And then he was talking about how having to adjust wouldn't be easy. And he knows that these umpires check hands. And when he's saying that it's rosin and sweat, when he's yelling on the mound, it's just rosin. I believe him, you know, especially after the game where he's, he's talking to reporters and he's saying I swear on my kids. It was Rosin. Like this guy, like you don't just swear on your kids. You know, Scherzer, a big family man. You know, we see all the pictures and everything like I, I believe him. I find myself believing him. And Phil Cuzzy, by the way, the umpire that did it is the only umpire to ever throw anybody out for this. And it's like happened twice prior.
1: Yeah. You know, and like, I, I think also, if he were to choose a time to do it, I think he's smart enough that like the Mets are pretty shorthanded right now Mm -hmm. in the rotation. I think he would choose his spots better. Like maybe wait till a Justin Verlander's back and you're not already calling up, you know, guys from AAA to fill your rotation. So there's just too much around it. That makes me think that like, he wasn't up to, up to no good here. And that it was just, I just think it was a totally weird situation that he, You know, because the league, after he said, you know, here's the order, here's how it all happened. There's been no response from the umpires union, no response from the league. So that makes me think that he's, he's telling the truth as far as how it went down. And so why, what's the point? And also it kind of reminds me of like the whole steroid era and stuff. Like Max Scherzer has been a face in baseball for a long time. He's one of the most well-known players. Major league baseball does such a good job of villainizing their superstars where other leagues pump up their star players major league baseball just loves to villainize their star players. And I'll never understand why. And I'm of the belief that there should be a universal
0: substance. Like these pitchers need something like, and to they do it's called a rosin and they just it's called the best exactly. players in baseball. Exactly. For using it. And even if it's not rosin, even if it's like a step where it's like a rag behind the the thing and it, you know, it's got something on it, maybe not pine tar, not spider tack, but there's got to be something. And and Rosin, you know, if you're going to let them use, like, I wish they would have tested this. Like, I, I wish they would have tested it. They would have tested his hand or tested his glove or whatever, tested a ball, because uh, that would have shown everything. But I 100% believe yeah. Max Scherzer. It sucks that he's suspended. I don't blame him for not wanting to appeal, because, you know, what are they going to do? Take a game off? That's what they usually do when,
1: when yeah. a guy appeals, like, nine, uh, nine yeah. games now. But, for a starting pitcher, dropping from ten to nine means you only miss one start instead of two, yeah, that's very true. Um and, and that's it's also uh, kind of weird with it being a starter because yeah. they get all players get paid via like game check. And yeah. so he's missing like almost you know what one sixteenth, whereas you know, if it happened to a reliever, they'd probably suspend him like three or four games. So he's gonna mm-hmm. miss you know three, four game checks. He's gonna miss ten. So it's also a big blow monetarily. I mean, I'm sure Max will be fine. But, you know, for some other pitchers that might encounter this in the future, like that, that's a big uh, big chunk out of your salary gone, too.
0: Yeah. And God bless David Cohn, by the way, because David Cohn did a breakdown um, on this on the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball telecast. And I got to say, like it did. Yeah. It, it takes some guts to do something like that. And David Cohn you know, a long time during his career, he was one of the guys during the 94 strike. He was one of the players that was leading the union and, you know, technically working for ESPN, but Major League Baseball's in the loop with with these broadcasts and, and all the production of Major League Baseball on their partnering networks. And, yeah. you know, I, I saw a tweet the other day that said, you know, Ken Rosenthal was booted for on MLB Network for, you know, talking about the league and everything and talking about Rob yeah. Manfred during the lockout. Like David, Cone, I'm sure they're not happy with what happened with the David
1: Cohn breakdown, but I thought, it was yeah, funny. for those who haven't seen it yet, I definitely recommend checking it out. But basically, you know, in reference to the Max Scherzer interview that I kind of already talked about, David Cohn went and said, OK, I'm going to put, you know, just a little bit of sweat and some rosin on my hand. Here's how sticky it is. He kind of held up a baseball mm-hmm. and sh- and then he's like, "Okay, well now I'm gonna wash it off with some alcohol." And he washed it off, and it stuck like even harder to his hand for a second. And so, um, yeah, so he basically said, "You know, it sounds like Scherzer has a very uh, straightforward, compelling explanation for things." And he did it on that na- on a national MLB broadcast, um, and. Yeah, definitely check it out if you're still kind of on the fence on what, where, how you're feeling or what your thoughts are on this Max Scherzer debacle. Yeah,
0: very, very fun, very, very fun uh, conversations to have. I mean, this was just the talk; it's all over my timeline, pretty much. The David Cohn video a few days later—that's all over my timeline, and it sucks that ESPN has to talk about this during a different game. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> so uh, they got it; it's got
1: to stay in the news loop somehow. Yeah but you know speaking of guys who have been suspended for actually cheating nice. uh, fernando tatis junior is back with the padres after over a year away now between his injury and his ped suspension um you know as far as you know peds and the suspension yeah you know, i like i look at it as he's kind of done his time he's back now he is a fun and exciting player to watch when he's back he's already homered since he's returned he's been back i think 3 games um I don't know. Have you, have you been able to catch much, uh, Tatis action since he returned? Yeah, a little bit. I'm, I'm
0: very happy that he's back. Um, I, I think that he is extremely good for baseball and I think that as much as this suspension does hurt him and his actions in the past have hurt him, whether it be the motorcycle incident or whether it be the suspension, um, he's, and I don't want to continue to dwell on the fact that they are the excuse that he's young and he's dumb. Um, Cause at the end of the day, he is getting paid a lot of money and he did earn that you know, extension and he is supposed to be somewhat of a leader, not just on that team, but also, you know, in that city, it's a baseball city now. And there's a lot of fans with Fernando Tatis jerseys. And I think he realizes that uh, hopefully he realizes that this is his opportunity to get better, you know? And I, I do feel like this is something that's going to be, I don't want to say forgotten about it will never be forgotten about, or it will never be brushed aside either, but He's going to get he's going to get a chance to be in the conversation to be one of the best players in the game again. I really believe that. And I'm not worried about him hitting. He's going to hit. But I think the yeah. biggest test is his willingness to play right field. That to me is going to be the eye opener. If he puts in the effort, I honestly think the sky's the limit. But I'm glad that he's back. It's good for the game. And I don't think fans are going to use this against him in terms of you know booing him or whatnot. Um, cause I think there's a lot of variables went into the timing of, of when he was suspended and coming off injury. We don't know the motives,
1: but, um, I, I
0: think for the most part, it's a
1: very welcoming thing, or at least from my angle. Yeah. You know, I'm excited to see him back. I also, you know, there's going to be fans everywhere he goes. It'll give him a hard time Mm -hmm. probably for his whole, the whole rest of his career. He has like, I think like 11 years left on his deal. If he stays healthy, he'll play even beyond that. I guarantee you in 2032, there's going to be some guy and, philadelphia who will be still yelling about when he got suspended in 2022 but you know i'm pretty sure i'd have to go back and look but i know for sure every team has had players using performance enhancing drugs maybe even been suspended for it so i i think you know like i said he's served his suspension he did his time and now you know enjoy watching him play baseball hopefully for a long time and hopefully he can stay healthy and on the field because he does bring a lot of excitement Mm -hmm. You know, I remember when I was watching the highlight for his home run, I was like, oh, is he going to do like the stutter step around third again? Yep, there it is. All right, Mm -hmm. he's back, you know, and uh, I mean, the only downside for me as a Giants fan is that he's going to play the Giants a lot, but not as much as he would have last year, but with the the schedule change. But yeah, I'm excited to have him back, you know, and I'm excited to see as a baseball fan what uh, a healthy Padres lineup can do because they have a solid lineup down there now. And, you know, like I, I think I mentioned it in a previous episode, it's like they traded for potentially a top five or 10 player in baseball. Yeah, pretty much by getting Tatis back. And I think that was the shock of it. It's like
0: the the whole shock of the suspension is I can't remember the last time and I, I might eat my words because I'm not thinking at the moment. But when was the last time a guy of his caliber at that point in time was suspended, like literally presently a top 10 player? Have we ever seen a top 10 player at the moment be suspended? Like, I, I mean, I know Giants fans will bring up Melky Cabrera, but he was not on the level that Fernando Tatis was. Yeah, I, mean, um, I think when
1: A-Rod got suspended, he was still pretty high up there. The but he was, player, he was a little bit older. Yeah. But, you know, I think part of it too is I think a lot of people oh, went for for PEDs. They look at it as it's guys trying to like cheat to get better. And a lot of guys yeah. do it to get health and stay on the back on the field you never know know, he was coming back from uh, an injury and I think yeah you know no no one will but I I would assume it's probably more to try to get back and not say when I get back I want to be better like no he just wanted to get back
0: Mm -hmm. and if you think about it the motorcycle crash
1: we'll never know though
0: yeah the motorcycle crash like maybe there's a there's a there's a part of him that really wanted to fast track it because he wanted to show up to spring training and act like it didn't happen (laughs) right so yeah um because nobody knew until spring training so i don't know that's my theory on it i'm not a conspiracy theorist and i know you aren't either Uh, but we could be at certain times in this podcast
1: so yeah we'll see how the rest of the season goes uh but yeah tatis is back you know after his minor league rehab and Look at that. Ready for another two for two on transition, Steven. Oh, let's do it. After his minor league rehab, there are some new rules that are going to be tested in the minor leagues in the Atlantic league. Uh, the main two being uh, a pinch runner. Uh, I forget the exact terminology that they're using for this, but basically you could p- have a guy come into pinch run and then, re- you know, leave the game to re-enter later. So basically like a temporary, it's like if you've ever played rec league softball, it's like a courtesy runner. So mm-hmm. you could have a courtesy runner. Wish they would have had that when Barry was still playing. <laughs> and then the uh the double hook, which is something I really I really like the double hook for a number of reasons. Um, I wish they would have spent more time to maybe consider it when they implemented the universal DH instead of just going right to the universal DH. Um, but those are the main two. I think there might be a third fringe one, but those are the two that have been getting most of the publicity. Um, what are your thoughts on these new rule changes?
0: Yeah, I have a lot they're, of questions. You know, they're testing. Yeah, I have a lot of questions with the uh, the pinch runner one um, or the designated runner per se. Um, Like, would it be would that runner be able to go and run for somebody else in the lineup? If he like say if he runs for a guy in the seven spot, would we be able to see him again run for a guy in the three spot? Like, let's say he just came around the score. Can you put him back out there for some, you know? So yeah.
1: Is it like once an inning or is it like you can use him once a game as a runner, but then once he enters a second time, he's in the game. Like, yeah, there's a lot of wiggle room here that they need to talk about. And I'm
0: all for strategy, but I think that's just a stupid kind of strategy in my mind. I I think that manager should not be thinking about where to move this guy around and take him out, put him back in. I don't think that screams big leagues, um, but I am with you with the double hook. Actually, I, th- I think that that is actually a decent idea, um, and I think that is the right kind of strategy. So this is yeah. this is a, a a tale of two uh, two tails for me. I guess that's not the right saying, but a tale um, of two tails blowing two, the roof off the place, blowing the roof off the place. Um, where it's like the free pinch runner, like so many questions. It's the stupid kind of strategy. Like we want to put strategy in, but we're not thinking through. And then the double hook is like the good kind of strategy where it's like, it seems like more of like the critical thinking aspect when you're making a decision from a manager standpoint.
1: Um, Yeah. So really quick for people who aren't familiar with maybe the term double hook, what a double hook is essentially is uh, you can have a DH to start the game as long as your starting pitcher remains in the game. And there there's a wrinkle they're kind of putting into it it sounds like where as long as the starting pitcher completes five innings then the dh can stay the rest of the game where the previous version before they'd gone full universal was have a dh as long as your starting pitchers in the game so if you like pulled your starter in the seventh okay you lift the dh so i think i do like that little tweak that they're adding to say just get through the fifth i think it'll add some value back to starting pitching because right now i mean we're seeing guys pulled very early all the time so it basically killed the opener which i'm all for it will you know get guys to go a little bit deeper in games and you know you're part of that out of necessity but partially out of you know uh, you get to maybe one down in the top of the fifth you're going to try to extend the leash on your starter for Mm -hmm. a little bit to try to get him through that fifth so you don't have to lose your designated hitter um yeah, that's and, I'm and what I'm what does that for do
0: for relief pitching, too, I think, because, you know, you're going to see guys that are going to get pinch hit. And I think you're going to see a lot more relievers Um, because, you know, right now we're kind of in the era of the bulk reliever. And if that guy's do up to hit, MLB has put on the three batter minimum to prevent all these pitching changes. And, you know, I, I do agree that this would put emphasis on the starting pitcher going longer. That's what they want um but also would there even be a point for a three batter minimum um like that that would be my next question but and my other question I think there w- would, think there would yeah. be because
1: you wouldn't want a bunch of
0: go ahead sorry I cut you off no I was just going to say that but I think my other my other um question would be and and as much as I like the double hook rule and I I'm like eh about the free pinch runner the designated pinch runner who is asking for this Like, is this is this something that somebody is asking for? Is this brought up like because this is the problem that I have with baseball. Some of these rules like the pitch clock 100% needed to be there or in some capacity, whether, you know, you agree with the exact timing or not. The pace needed to be picked up like there's no question. And then there's some rules where it's like, who is asking for this? Like who who, I want to know who is asking for the the not that it matters with the bases getting bigger. But like, who asked for it? Who presented this as a pressing issue? Because I can't yeah, think that... of anybody for these these two specific rules that are just like dying to fix this, because it seems like it's just fixing something to be, fix something. It's not even broken. Yeah, it seems
1: like. Yeah, I think like baseball is just trying too much to find new ways to do what they think will make the game more fun or exciting. And instead of just saying like, where, if at all, do things need some tweaking and let's focus there. It just seems like they're like trying stuff out now just to try it without thinking, is this really making the game better? Who's it improving the game for? Because when I first saw it, like my first reaction was like, why? That was the (laughs) first thing I thought of when I read it was like, why? Like, I, I just, just, and and even still, even though I'm a fan of the double hook, I'm just like, like you said, who's asking for this? Like, what? it just seems like every year there's like two or three new rules that they're trying out in the Atlantic league. And I'm just, you know, some of them I do understand, like you mentioned, but so many times I'm just like, what it's not even going to be, I mean, it will be baseball, but it's going to be so different. And I'm starting to sound like old man yelling at clouds a little bit, but it's just like, shit, like let some of these new rules shake out for a year or two to see maybe where you could tweak Mm -hmm. a few other things. Instead of just like every year, let's try this. Let's test this. Let's look at that. It's like, let the dust settle a little bit before we start talking about what are we changing next?
0: Yeah. And it will still be baseball, but I I also want to be able to recognize like baseball, you know? And, and I'm not saying, again, that sounds very get off my lawn-ish like you mentioned, but um like I mentioned the pitch clock and I'll mention the shift too very briefly. Like at that point, it's visible that it's changing the game and maybe something needs to be done or something doesn't need to be done. But this one, it's just like, we like I've never sat like because I've sat and watched a game and gone okay this the pace is bad I've sat and watched a game and said okay that should have been a base hit but a guy standing in shallow right field but I've never sat at a game and said you know oh I wish you know they could have a pinch runner whatever they want you know yeah I I just it's just it's it's a different level of like necessity when it comes to these rule changes and this one's just like oh well we haven't had a rule change in about nine months <laughs> let's add yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see how it goes, yeah. but if it was something uh, that was pressing or something had happened like the home plate collision, something happened, a bunch of these were, you know, guys were getting hurt, pressing issue. Boom, we need to fix something. This one, it's like what what value are you going to add to your roster just a ton of guys that aren't able to hit and can only run, you know? Yeah, I mean,
1: my yeah. Don't you like I think the quality of...
0: of offense to go up? Yeah. Uh
1: yeah, i agree i I, to be honest i thought the next big thing we're gonna see would be you know trying out the robot arms a Mm -hmm. little bit more so i was pretty surprised that it was free pinch runners for everybody and double hook (laughs)
0: yeah i I wonder if we're yeah i want to see if like we see a guy score twice like consecutively like he comes around the score oh go back out there go to first like, that would be crazy.
1: Yeah, I'm assuming that they're going to have to do so- I'm I'm assuming it'd have to be, like, limited to, like, a guy can pinch run, you know, once, and then once he reenters the second time, he's out. Otherwise, it's going to be, like, a basketball game or a hockey game, which is nothing against those two sports, but it's mm-hmm. different from, like, okay, you can sub a guy in and out yeah baseball's never been that way for a number of reasons i don't think now's. i don't think it'll ever be a time to actually like do that otherwise what's the point of substitutions you'll basically have a offensive lineup and a defensive lineup if yeah. you start allowing that and even then even with this little wrinkle with the pinch runners you'll have like a, a defensive lineup and offensive lineup and then rotating substitutions on your offensive lineup so it, it can yeah. open a can of worms that gets out, you know, slippery slope really quick if baseball just thinks very short term, like they tend to like to do. I feel like, yeah, too complicated in my mind. You're trying to get young yeah. fans in the game, you don't want to overcomplicate it. So, yeah. Uh, and speaking of complicatedness, I mean, and speaking of complicated and the minor leagues, the Oakland A's. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah.
0: The Oakland A's announcing that they have or at least trying to buy
1: land or have agreed to buy land. Is this thing done? Not done, uh, not broke not, ground. Yeah, they've agreed to a deal to purchase land in Las Vegas to build, I think, a $1.5 billion stadium. Um, And since that news broke, the city of Oakland has just come out and said, okay, well, we're not even going to talk to the A's anymore because at this point we're just leveraged mm-hmm. for them to get more out of Vegas and we're not going to be a pawn for you guys. It just sucks, man. Uh, You know, we're in Northern California, obviously, so a lot of our listeners are as well, and a lot of those are Giants fans. But even if you're a Giants fan, it's terrible to see this happen, you know, Uh, especially if you're an older fan around my age or or older and you remember when you thought the Giants had played their last game in San Francisco. It it sucks to have anyone lose their team and have them relocate, especially when you can feel like, you know, uh, know, that maybe the team wasn't always – operating in good faith to actually try to stay, which I think is quite obviously the case with the, with the A's not really trying to stay in Oakland, unfortunately. So it's really sad for baseball. It's sad for Oakland A's fans. It's sad for Northern California baseball fans.
0: Yeah, this, this, this does suck. And I think you nailed it. You know, Bay area sports, um, you know, for a very long time, uh, the A's have, have been a staple and it's weird because the history of the A's is just so interesting. And, you know, they get here, they've been around for a while. They were just, you know, they had those dynasty years in the seventies. They were good in the late eighties. You know, they were, they were, they had the, the money ball stretch as the trailblade. you know, they always had good teams in the early two thousands, you know, 2010s, they've been, they put competitive teams on the field. They have. Um, yeah. So you know, and as much as we want to talk about attendance, like there are fans of the Oakland As that are diehard fans, and yeah. you know it's it's one thing to criticize them for not coming out, but it's another thing to move the team completely and then criticize them for not coming. like there's a well, reason yeah. they're not coming out. It's because the ownership of the oakland As they it seems like especially recently have you know had Vegas on their mind instead of putting a team on the field. And it sucks, yeah. and and
1: I don't even. Well, I mean, think and you they, could yeah. argue that with Vegas on the mind, that's why they put such a crappy product on the field because they're like the l- worst team we can put yeah. on the field. The less people show up, the more we can say, well, the fans aren't supporting <laughs> us, and then we're on our way to to Las Vegas. Yeah. So I mean, it just looks like they've played this route for a long time. Even uh, uh, Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, came out uh, in the last day or two and said that he that the the A's basically cost the Raiders a chance to stay in Oakland because they signed a 10 a year lease to basically buy time to get their act out of town. Mm-hmm. And that put a bunch of holds because they were the the longest tenant at the Coliseum. And so it blocked the Raiders from improving the, the, the stadium. It blocked them from being able to look at other areas in Oakland to build for the Raiders. Um, so, I mean, Really the A's have done or yeah, the A's have done a number on Oakland professional sports. Mm-hmm.
0: And when you make a move, when you and I have never seen it, I don't well, there's been a relocation that's happened in my lifetime, Montreal to Washington, but I don't remember it, obviously. But I, I'd imagine when something like this happens, it's not just a, a year, a year or two thing before, right? I mean, the yeah. the whole rooted just thinking about this. The rooted in Oakland slogan that the A's ownership came up with i'd imagine vegas was on their mind even back then so they're putting out oh, absolutely rooted in oakland knowing that they're actively pursuing options to not be rooted in oakland yeah. and i think the way they treat their fans and and just look at the ballpark oakland coliseum you know the local people defended to a point but nationally and even locally to some extent it's it's not looked fondly on and it's not even like you know there there are some big issues obviously that can't be fixed just because they've let it go so much in the age of the stadium but
1: little things like seeing a rat in the visiting broadcast booth like they don't even care anymore well no, they're like there's a the it came out like a week ago that like the visiting broadcast teams can't even call games from the visitors broadcast booth because there's a possum living in the walls of Christ. the broadcast booth um you know and, yeah it's just you know I,
0: they don't care there's about the been, fan experience and if they there's get, been sewage yeah.
1: backed up in the in the dugouts like they've had to like the a's and their visiting uh, uh you know opponent have had to like share showers after the game because the visiting team can't even use their locker room mm-hmm. um you know they they yeah the a's have done basically everything they could uh, build excuses for themselves to get out of oakland and it It, it really sucks
0: it could be a viable stadium it honestly could be a viable stadium if they put any effort into it at all if they put any little effort into it at all any money into it at all but they don't want to do it you know and and there is a lot of blame to go around the situation there's blame you know a little bit maybe to the local politicians however as hard as it is to re, as hard as it is to develop any big thing in California, on you know, especially you know, publicly and privately, California's built stadiums, a, a bunch of them in the last yeah. 10 years Levi Stadium, Chase Center, SoFi. I mean, it, it's, I don't think it's a government issue as much as it is the A's weren't actually serious about you know building a stadium in oakland
1: or near yeah. i think they wanted to get to vegas and you know you mentioned that it's not like a one or two year thing to decide to move it's also not a one or two year thing to move because now they're saying that you know if they their goal is to have their new stadium in vegas open for the 2027 season so that means the a's are gonna have to play four more years in oakland and who the hell is going to want to pay money to go see the A's play with their, with them heading out of town. First of all, uh, they're on pace for 31 wins this year. They've won four games so far, I think. So not an exciting product to watch. Like it's, I think they might have to look into like moving the, I think it's the A's triple A team in Vegas. They might have to look to like move that team and play the A's in Vegas as early as next year, 2025 in the, in the triple a stadium. And just otherwise they're going to be playing in front of like hundreds of fans, not you thousands can't, yeah. of fans. You cannot wait for you.
0: You can't play four years in that ball. Like you, the ballpark, like you can't, it, it needs yeah. to happen that, like even if they play at a triple a ballpark or, you know, place with 20,000, uh, 15,000 seats or whatever uh, you can't play. At that ballpark any longer, like not because oh it's a horrible, not because it's like a you know it's literally embarrassing for Major League Baseball to have this as a venue, like literally embarrassing, uh, especially yeah. with the A's not putting any work into it, and and I hate to say this but like the San Francisco Giants, like as as much as we feel bad and as much as we you know feel like it's a one sided rivalry because I think it is. Uh, it should be more of a fun rivalry because geographically speaking, but the giants have blame on this too. Like they're, they, they do not have, um, you know, they have blood on their hands, you know, plenty of blood on their hands too, with the way that this went down. Cause the A's could easily be playing in San Diego, uh, San Jose, which is a very big city. One of the biggest in California and the giants blocked it. And I think that could have been the start, the beginning of the end. So I, there's so much blame to go around here, but the main blame days front office and how they completely mess this up they don't care about the fans they don't at all they don't care about putting a team on the field um and you know I I hope this is a long shot but I hope we get a Peter McGowan situation and somebody puts in it, the team's not for sale but it would be great if somebody uh tried to get that team and keep it Yeah, in, you know it area.
1: did kind of remind me uh about you know and it's, it's Kind of timely with the Kings and Warriors playing each other, but I grew up a Sacramento Kings fan and uh, the Maloofs basically ran the team into the ground. You know, they made a bunch of money from when the team got really good. Sacramento was selling out Arco before the Mm -hmm. Kings were even a good team raked in a bunch of money. When the team got good, that era passed. They stopped putting money into the team. They stopped putting money into the arena. looked like the Kings had played their last game in Sacramento. And then Vivek bought the team, built them a new arena downtown. And you know now you know they're playing playoff basketball in a new arena downtown, revitalized their uh, downtown Sacramento quite a bit. So yeah, maybe th- if that could happen, I hope it can for the for the A's and their fans because yeah, so, yeah, it just sucks. And John Fisher publicly trying
0: to get a ballpark instead of you know wanting oh God forbid a billionaire spends his money to build a stadium for his team you know I don't know the whole thing's just this.
1: Discombobulated. Yeah, I I never really bat my eyes or think too much or or feel too bad for an MLB owner when they talk about how how expensive it is mm-hmm. to run a team or whatever because every team's worth at least a billion dollars. That, that's a billion with a B. Every one of them, and so you know and. If, uh, it came out like right around opening day. Forbes, you know, did their annual valuation of franchises and how much they're worth and what their profitability mm-hmm. was last year. And the A's were top five in profitability because they're making a bunch of revenue sharing money and they're not reinvesting it in their team or in their ballpark. And so they're making top five in baseball. There was their profitability last year. Yeah. I,
0: I hope this team plays well and I hope that the stadium fills up. And I hope that by the end of this, before they move in 2027 or whatever it may be, the A's are a freaking baseball, you know, destination. You know, I doubt it would happen just because, again, the current ownership is incompetent of of caring about the fans. But yeah. um, I hope they just go out strong. I really do. Um, anyways, uh, we uh, debuted a segment last episode. And we're going to do it again. Uh, Three up, three down, where we list uh, three uh, winners, kind of, and three losers. uh, And we're going to do this since we uh, recorded last. Uh, So do you want me to go first with my three ups? Yeah, let's do it. So the first three up is uh, Drew Maggi. So I want to send congratulations to Drew Maggi, the Pittsburgh Pirates, 33-year-old infielder who has bounced around the minor leagues, played a ton of minor league games since 2010 and is finally getting his chance in the big leagues. If you haven't checked out the video, go check it out of him being called up. Uh, just a guy who is a baseball lifer. He's been in spring training with them for a handful of years. He's been kind of stuck at the minor league level as a depth piece. And he's finally making it uh, not just to the Pittsburgh pirates, but to a good Pittsburgh pirates team, as we mentioned earlier in the episode. So, um, Good congrats to Drew.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's like almost 1,200 minor league games Mm -hmm. played. Um, And, you know, every it seems like every few years you get a guy like this who's just been in the minors and never gave up on their dream. And now he gets to put on a big league uniform. And I think it's also really cool that, you know, like you mentioned, it is the Pirates. And so usually it's just like, okay, we're not a good team right now. We need to call up some other guys. But, hey, they're playing good baseball right now. And so they're not just looking at this as like, let's toss this guy a bone. They're looking at it as he can help us win games and keep this rolling. So, you know, I think it'll be awesome that he's not just getting thrown in to play for a, a last place team. He's playing for a first place team. And, you know, hopefully his uh, debut and will be the first of, of many, I guess as many as you can, as the, I think he's like a 33-year-old rookie. So mm-hmm. however many years he has left, hopefully a lot of that can be at the big league level. Yeah,
0: and, and whenever I think of something like this, I always think that there's only one reason he could have kept playing, and it's because he loves baseball. Otherwise, he would have been done a long time ago. Or he um, loves bus rides. Or he loves bus rides. That's that's also true. Um, <laughs> yeah, the bus rides are no joke there. Um, or he likes the, uh, the idea that uh, he might be getting paid more coming up here. So, yeah, um,
1: but I'm going to go with loves baseball. Yeah. Loves baseball. So congratulations, congratulations for sure.
0: Congratulations. Um, My other up is a guy that's just been tearing it up. And I know, of course, Giants fans uh, are probably listening once again, but Max Muncy when
1: they hear this, yeah.
0: Max Muncy, since we last recorded, he's played in 13 games, 10 plate appearances, 10 homers, 19 RBIs. This guy's... His weighted runs created plus is three twelve. That's two two hundred and twelve percent above the league average. He's tearing it up. He's leading this Dodgers offense um and you know as underwhelming as the Dodgers may be compared to their usual teams, he has not slowed down. um, so he is my uh my
1: one of my ups for three
0: up, three, three down. yeah,
1: I mean, Killing I' think it. he's tied with uh Alonzo for the most home runs i think they're both still sitting at 10. um i think muncie started that little hot streak against the giants so i got a good view of that i think he hit what four home runs in three games or something yeah and he didn't even play the middle game uh so uh yeah i'm not surprised he's on your up uh i'll leave it at that because yeah damn todgers You don't want to get too controversial
0: on here. You have people that like you. Um, And then my other, my other up, my final up is actually AJ Hinch, the manager of the tigers and the tigers went through a stretch this week where they played well. They won like four or five straight. Um, But more so AJ Hinch made a move um, where Javier Baez was running the bases and he ended up losing track of how many outs there were. Apparently a few other things happened before then where this was not a standalone incident in the series against the Blue Jays. And AJ Hinch uh made sure to pull him and did not care that Baez is a hundred and forty or so million dollar man. And I find that really awesome because at the end of the day when somebody's lagging, as a manager, you need to hold everybody accountable no matter, you know, where they stand in their career. And uh, Baez, when he's great, when he's on you know, on it, he's one of the most exciting players in the game. And we haven't seen that from him recently. And it was a time, you know, that needed to be uh or it was a it was a move that needed to be make uh needed to be made uh in order to uh I guess keep the uh the rest of the team uh engaged because you got to treat everybody the same at some point even though in baseball it's hard to imagine that everybody's all equal so good wake up call for bias hopefully he starts playing well he is my uh i guess he's a downer for me but aj hinch i'm gonna give him the uh the up
1: yeah you know i think it's good that he sat a guy like bias they have a really young team obviously they're trying to rebuild and he's supposed to be the leader of that team whether you think he should be or not i mean he kind of that's kind of what he signed up for and you know as a big league player or a professional baseball player even no matter at what level you can't be losing track of outs especially Mm -hmm. if you're supposed to be a leader of a of a big league roster and and um, i have been on teams before and i'm sure people that have played
0: baseball and i'm sure you as well tyler you could relate to this having played in your youth 100 years ago Um, um when something like this happens to like a teammate like you expect there to be repercussions. Like if if I had a teammate that like lazily grounded a you know lazily ran the first or lazily got thrown out at the plate or whatever, then I would expect the coach to do something. You know because I think it's an insult to the rest of the players on his team. Um, so had to get had to get that out. Yeah, I'm mixing up my words here. Had to get that out there. So yeah Clap.
1: yeah you know and we've seen some people talk about you know that it's a weak free agent class next year and Baez could opt out and I, I don't see any I don't see how he would opt out I don't see yeah. how he would get more than he's on the hook for for the Tigers especially after play like this so mm-hmm. yeah shout out to AJ Hinch for holding your superstar player accountable Yep, that's three up Um so yeah I get That's three up three down uh, to complete the shutdown inning. The first one I I had city of Oakland and it's not anything that they've done wrong. And we've talked about the topic enough. I'm going to pivot it to, to the owners. Oakland days, you guys suck. And what you have done to your own fan base, you're the, you're down, even though you're you're winning and you're getting what you want. I think you've shown your true colors throughout all of this. And you're going to go to Vegas and get your new ballpark and all your money. But you're down on um, the shutdown inning podcast.
0: You're down. <laughs> yeah, no, agreed. And I think we said enough about the A's. I'm completely
1: I'm yeah. I'm complete agreeance. Yeah. Uh. So, sec. Uh. Two down for me is uh, Jeffrey Springs, starter mm-hmm. for the Rays, off to an awesome start. I think his ERA was point five, and he's getting the good old Tommy John now uh, out for the rest of the year. Hopefully, he can get back early in, in the year next year and and bounce back, but. That was a bummer. You know, you never want to see anyone get hurt, especially someone who's kind of a younger guy and establishing himself and having such a, a great year, even though it's early, but he's, yeah. he's yeah, out number two for me.
0: This one, this one definitely does suck. Uh, a guy who is kind of a journeyman and the Rays. you know, he got traded to the Rays, turned his career around, you know, in their pitching lab per se. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was looking forward to having him in fantasy baseball on a
1: few different teams and uh yeah sucks yeah, luckily w- luckily one of the guys steven did not trade to me in fantasy baseball did you so trade me him about- no i said luckily he's not one of the guys oh. you traded me because we've talked oh. about some of the other trades we've made so luckily there's he's still, still time on steven's team he's now <laughs> on the waiver wire right um and then uh down number three gotta tip the hat to madison Bumgarner, who's dfa'd uh middle of last week so he's now uh i don't see him taking a triple a assignment from the Diamondbacks. so we'll see if he can get traded somewhere or find a new home in free agency but um you know obviously a a hell of a career hopefully it's not over uh but it hasn't been the same since he moved to the desert so he's out or down number three for me Uh, i'm sure you have some commentary there with him being a giants legend steven
0: yeah, very sad what's going on with his career and the trajectory that it's gone down. Just a very quick um, downfall. And, you know, he hasn't be- he hasn't pitched well since coming to Arizona. There's been flashes. We all remember that seven-inning no-hitter that he had. A few other good starts that he- he's mixed in. But, um, you know, when we saw the last appearance of him arguing, the last appearance of him in a Diamondbacks uniform arguing with Wilson Contreras after Contreras, drum roll please, took a big swing off him. So um mm-hmm. Madison Bumgarner of 2023 can't be doing that because the act, in my mind, is old. Um, especially when you're throwing high eighties with and apparently teams have been talking about this to each other, saying, Oh, well, prepare for Madison Bumgarner like he's a position player pitching, which I'm sure is not a fun thing for Bumgarner to be heard. But baseball's a game of adjustments, and from the reports coming out, it seems like he's been very hesitant on adjusting anything and mm-hmm. that's not a good mentality to have as an athlete and it's it honestly it's a losing mentality for a winning you know individual which is surprising like I, i'm i'm surprised at this development i'm surprised he hasn't adapted um and it, it is kind of disappointing because all of his percentile rankings all of the um the numbers on baseball savant they're as bad as it gets, you know, barrel percentage, barrel percentage, guys are scoring him up. He's not getting swings and misses. He's not throwing hard. He's walking guys. You know, he's not striking out guys. Just everything that guys aren't chasing, everything that could be going wrong is. And I again, just seems like a losing mentality for a winning player. And I hope it turns around and I hope he gets a job somewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, hopefully, hopefully it's not the end of his career. I know that maybe this will be what needs to happen for him to make some of those adjustments. Cause I, I do know of all the ways he wants his career to end getting DFA would is probably not one of them. So, uh, but also I think it shows that, you know, the diamondbacks, you know, they're off to a strong start. They're in first place in the NL West. (laughs) They're not messing around. we, We can't have every fifth start being a guaranteed loss right now. So we need to, we need to make some moves here. Sorry, Madison, and so, yeah. you know, like yeah. So we'll pay
0: thirty-four million dollars not to have you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's always telling when when a team says we would rather pay money for you not to play for us mm-hmm. than to play for us. So yeah, God,
0: tough contract and another one that goes under one of those free agent, uh, one of the free agents starting pitchers, um, dump truck that is like a three lists long at this point. So yeah yeah Yeah.
1: so three up three down shut down inning there we go yeah. i think we I shut think it down was, tyler this was number 20 right so yeah. we're almost to oral hersheiser <laughs> Yeah. right yeah we're almost to uh to 21 just like steven so yeah we, we did it man yeah almost to yeah tyler rogers had a scoreless uh streak going
0: i think it was at 21 or something 21 innings and you know we're we're getting up there so yeah um Again, almost to Oral Hershizer's consecutive. One of these days where like we're going to say at the end of an episode, oh, we gave up a base hit today, Tyler.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Well, you know, shutdown innings are scoreless. So you can That's... give up a base runner or two. Just no yeah. runs allowed. We're shutting it down. I don't think we've given up a base runner yet.
0: So no. we've thrown like a few combined no hitters at this point. Absolutely. Alrighty. So, well, uh yeah, everybody could follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at or on Twitter at RizzoCast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find it. At podcasts. Rizzocast?
1: You're an idiot. Did I say at Rizzocast? Yes. Oh shoot. At shutdown underscore at inning shut is the podcast you're listening to. Um
0: spotify i don't know maybe
1: maybe you aren't uh, as on it as you think you are since turning 21 how many uh well just know this like propels have you had over there today mr i have
0: done more shutdown innings this month than rizzo casts
1: so you know this is a uh
0: i'm committed to this man (laughs) yeah
1: i hear you stevie screenshots oh okay yeah absolutely but uh yeah you know shutdown underscore inning Uh, Anywhere else you consume your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, on YouTube as well. Uh, Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. That's what's up.